0: Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Book of 2 Corinthians. Today is episode four hundred ninety nine. We're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter eleven, verses five through twelve. Let's read our passage. Now, I consider myself in no way inferior to those super apostles, even if I am untrained in public speaking. I am certainly not untrained in knowledge. Indeed we have in every way made that clear to you in everything. Or did I commit a sin by humbling myself so that you might be exalted? Because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge, I robbed other churches by taking pay from them to minister to you. When I was present with you and in need, I did not burden anyone, since the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs. I have kept myself and will keep myself from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be stopped in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I don't love you? God knows I do. But I will continue to do what I am doing in order to deny an opportunity to those who want to be regarded as our equals in what they boast about. This is Second Corinthians. This is a letter Paul sending to the church in Corinth. He sent it via his partner in ministry, Titus. Titus had carried an earlier letter, the tearful letter, to Corinth, and it was meant to try and prompt the Corinthians to repent of their bad behavior when Paul had visited them, and there had been a lot of opposition. It seemed to have worked. Now the majority of the church is supportive of Paul, but there's still a significant group who are not. Paul's trying to restore relationship with that group, also trying to respond to some criticisms that have been about him and deal with these outside agitators that are there. Chapters 11 and 12, basically 11.1 through 12.13, are a section that's called the Fool's Speech. The introduction is chapter 11, verse 1 through verse 21a, and that's just the the introductory part. He's talking about why he's talking about this. Then the actual, what they call the fool speech itself, is 1121 through 1210, and then there's three verses in chapter 12, chapter 12, 11 through 13, which wrap it up as the epilogue. So he's dealing with this issue of foolishness, and, and what he considers foolishness is boasting. So he feels compelled that he has to boast in order to, well, compare himself to these super apostles. Although he says, I'm not going to compare myself to them, he does. And and the point being that they're already leading the church in Corinth astray. And so he has to show that there's a difference between where he wants to lead them and where they are being led. Last time he said that, you know, there's people who come and preach a different Jesus... They present a different gospel. They present a different spirit. Be careful of them because what Paul does is present the honest gospel, the real Jesus and the legitimate spirit. Let's dive into it. Verse 5, he says, Now I consider myself in no way inferior to these super apostles. Well, he is already spoken about these people who are doing this, uh, well, false teaching. Obviously, it's the super apostles he's talking about, that they're the ones with this other Jesus, different spirit, different gospel. Now, it seems the implication is that either there's people in the Corinthian church saying that Paul is inferior to them, or more likely these super apostles themselves are claiming that Paul is inferior to them. They're not saying Paul's not an apostle, just he's an inferior apostle. And these guys are impressive. And based on what we can get through this argument, it seems there's two big points that what makes them so impressive, superior to Paul. One is their public speaking. We see that in this section here, in verses 5 and 6. But then in chapter 12, we'll see the issue of visions and revelations. They're just so superior to Paul, in visions and revelations. And his answer to them, to their claim to superiority, is his authenticity of his ministry in Christ. And it's exemplified by his sufferings for Christ. So where they are very impressive, well, Paul, well, his argument is, look what Christ has done through me in spite of my weakness, in spite of my suffering. So he calls them super apostles. And that seems to be something he's calling them, that, that these guys are just, they're super apostles. And he's no way he considers himself inferior. Number six, even if I am untrained in public speaking, I am certainly not untrained in knowledge. Indeed, we have in every way made that clear to you in everything. Okay, the word untrained could also be translated as amateur. Okay, I may be an amateur public speaker, an untrained public speaker. That's not to say that Paul is a bad speaker, but these guys are good speakers. These guys are excellent orators. And interesting here that uh, public speaking, that's the mechanism that these guys are using to lead the church astray. So he says, I might not be a trained public speaker. I may not be an eloquent speaker. I may not be an excellent speaker but I'm certainly not untrained in knowledge. And here he's speaking of truth. He knows the truth. They may look good, but what they're preaching is this false gospel. So I may not be a professional speaker, but I'm professional knowledge. Indeed, in every way, we've made it clear to you in everything. And what he's talking about here is the knowledge they have imparted to the Corinthians, the truth, and the truth, is what is important. Now, this is something we should be familiar with today. So often people are impressed by how well somebody speaks, what great stories they tell, what incredible jokes they have, how they capture your attention with just their eloquent speaking. And we're captured by the style versus the content. And so many people can be led astray because of a very eloquent style, very attractive style, very entertaining style, but the content could be false. That's not to say every popular speaker is a false speaker. No, not at all. But the content is incredibly important versus just the wrapping that it's in. And it's where Paul's saying, hey, the way I speak may not be that impressive, but what I speak is true. For these other guys, They're very impressive in how they speak, but what they say is wrong. Now he's dealing with this issue of not accepting money from them. Verse 7, Or did I commit a sin by humbling myself so that you might be exalted because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge? So it's kind of a rhetorical question. Did I sin in doing this? And of course the answer is no. There was no sin there, but they're offended by it. He's supposed to be supported by them monetarily. There's an expectation when a teacher comes into town that the teacher expects to be paid by the people and the people expect to pay him. But Paul, it didn't do that. He has not accepted their financial support. Now, is that a sin? No. Was it rude? Well, they think it is. Now he uses some interesting words here. Humbling myself so you might be exalted. This uh, comparison. He took a humble role. That is a, a manual laborer. Where they were lifted up. And then he says. he preached the gospel of God. Actually the literal. Translation here would be. I gospeled the gospel. That's the word gospel. Is it euangelion? Which means good message. And preached as is the just a verb of the word gospel. So I gospeled the gospel of God to you free of charge. That is, he didn't accept their money. It was free. Now verse eight, here's an interesting twist. I robbed other churches by taking pay from them to minister to you. Now this raises some interesting questions. It goes on verse nine, says, when I was present with you and in need, I did not burden anyone since the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs. He mentions this in a letter to the Philippian church uh, his, his gratitude for their financial support of him. Philippi is a Macedonian church. And he goes on and, says, finishes up first die with "I have kept myself and will keep myself from burdening you in any way. So this is um, an interesting twist here. Why accept money from Macedonia while he's in Achaia and not accept money from the Corinthians? Paul doesn't explain it. He just says, this is what I did. I was there. I preached the gospel to you free of charge. In fact, the Macedonians covered the bill here. It says, and one of their challenges seems to be, well, you obviously seem to like the Macedonians better than us. They're your favorites and that's not the issue i he doesn't say it but i suspect go back to first corinthians what was one of the things he really talked about that was a problem in corinth the rich people were getting together before the lord's supper started and had their own little special rich person get together and then when the working people showed up they got kind of the the dregs the, the leftovers And they may not even have been allowed in to where the rich people hung out. So you had this rift between the rich people and the working class or the poor people. And I suspect, and I have nothing to go on other than my suspicions, I suspect that's the issue. Because if Paul was accepting money, who would be paying him? The rich people. And you've already got this rift between the rich people and the working class, or the poor. And for Paul to be being paid by the rich people, I think that would basically put a wedge between Paul and the working people. And I suspect Paul recognized that right away, this rift, and said, I'm not going to get caught up in that. So, no, I'm not going to accept money from the rich people, because then it's going to look like I'm the apostle to the rich people in Corinth not to the working class, not to the poor people. So I have nothing to go on other than my own suspicions. So Paul says, I didn't accept anything from you guys. The Macedonians covered my expenses. And I'm going to keep doing that. he goes on, verse 10, as the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be stopped in the region of Achaia. So he's planning on coming down there to Achaia, to Corinth. And he says, I can accept your money then. Verse 11, why? Because I don't love you? God knows I do. And this would be the charge. You love the Macedonians more than us. Wah, wah, wah. No, he sees the issue. Paul accepts money from lots of churches. But Paul is smart enough to recognize the context And I think there's an issue that he doesn't say what it is, but there's something about Corinth that he says, no, I am not going to accept money from this church. And I've already met my case. I think it's because of this rift. But their challenge is because you're closer to the Macedonians than you are to us. He says, that's not the case. No, I love you. In fact, God knows I love you. Verse 12. But I will continue to do what I'm doing in order to deny an opportunity to those who want to be regarded as our equals in what they boast about. That explains, maybe that's provide a good enough explanation to some people, and this is why, to provide a distinction between us, the true apostles, and these super apostles. Obviously, these super apostles are, are there receiving money, from the people of Corinth. And the challenge is, well, why don't you? And Paul says, well, I didn't want to be a burden to you. And when I come back, I'm going to not be a burden to you then. And it's going to be to distinguish myself from these super apostles. Well, this is still the introduction to the fool's speech. He's laying the background to his foolish speech, that is his boasting. And he's contrasting himself to these super apostles. And he's gonna lay out the difference of what they boast about and what he boasts about. So he's already challenged that they're really presenting a false gospel. And here he's laying out the challenges of why they're so much better, the public speaking. And then he's dealt with the issue of funding He's going to continue to lay out the differences between him and them. Then he's going to start the foolishness of boasting. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as so we continue working through 2 Corinthians.